The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So the direction that this uh, Satipatthana practice goes to is the ability to have a loose, open, clear awareness that is able to wisely float and be around to all aspects of our human experience. And whether it's the body or feelings, mind states, mental processes, the experiences of the world, our thoughts. And uh, ultimately it's not a matter of keeping it limited to some particular domain of our life, but able to kind of take it all in as a, because awareness is starting to become free, loose, relaxed, open, receptive. And, um, and so, uh, in different circumstances then, uh, it will, it, the mind will sometimes be aware of thinking, sometimes the body, sometimes feeling, sometimes emotions, sometimes sounds, what's around us. To some degree, going along with the call of whatever is happening, to some degree also having some choice about where it's important to bring attention and orientation and aspiration, maybe based on compassion or healing or, uh, you know, what's beneficial, what's fun, all kinds of things that we might choose to. And um, so this uh, play between choice and non-choice with awareness is something we become wise with and something that we begin enjoying even to to do. In the beginning of Satipatthana, it's often a strong emphasis on the body, breathing in the body, with kind of limiting the orientation to that, because if we go too quickly to the full range of all the different things we can pay attention to, floating through them, then more likely the mind simply gets hijacked uh, and held hostage by the thinking mind and the thoughts. And um, and so we're kind of cultivating the ability of the mind to relax its thinking, the grip of thoughts, the grip of preoccupation, by coming back to the breathing. And it's very important to realize that's what we're doing. It isn't so much that we're, we're developing the muscle of concentration, which to some degree we are, but if we can be overemphasized and people can get tense and tight. It's a, a big part of what we're doing is um, decreasing the the um, the impulse, the attachment, the uh, sometimes addiction, the the strong kind of orientation, fixation on certain limited parts of our human experience. It could be a lot, often it's with thoughts, ideas, memories, planning. It can be our f- emotions and feelings. It, even sometimes it can be the body we're we're stuck on. But we're learning to relax that. And then as we relax it more and more, then it becomes a whole different game to be able to settle in and to be with the, like the breathing or the body. And, um, and so this, this is part of the field in which we're practicing this, this, this. And why I want to bring it up today is that I want to talk about a particular activity to which to bring full awareness to and which mentioned in the text, and that is eating, mindful eating, um, where mealtime is meditation time. Mealtime is mindfulness time. 
And it's one of the real wonderful places to cultivate mindfulness. And we'll use it as a kind of case study for bringing mindfulness into daily life. So um, not few people eat uh, an automatic pilot. They eat with not a lot of careful attention as they're eating. Uh, maybe they're if you're eating alone. We have, uh, you know, listening to a podcast or watching the news or watching something on a screen, um, listening to the radio. Uh, old days would read the newspaper. Um, maybe with eating other people, it, we're absorbed in the conversation and hardly noticing that we're eating and what we're eating. Sometimes the eating is done quickly. I'm in, I'm a kind of not fast eater, so I know that well. And um, so eat so quickly that we, you know, are not really taking in the experience of eating. And when the eating is kind of automatic or in this kind of way, that gives often free reign to the mind to do whatever it wants to do. And if the mind has a strong tendency to be fixated or preoccupied by things or to be given too much freedom to kind of travel down its highways and byways, uh, then we actually live a truncated life, a limited life. And um, even though it might seem like it's unlimited because we can think about unlimited number of things, it's really a small domain of our life. And so to sit down to eat, and uh, from time to time, it's really wonderful to have a chance to eat alone or to eat uh, quietly without speaking so that you can just be... Um, uh, you can just be uh, eating and nothing else. And um, the, um, the, uh, you would, um, uh, you know, and, and so if you're just with the eating and then you're really kind of floating your attention with the experience, giving means that you're not in a hurry. You're there just to be with the experience, all the different pieces of the experience. With full awareness of the body, it's all the physical things that come into play as you're eating. One of the things that I found uh, really f- uh, nice to do around eating, especially when I'm eating alone or quietly in meditative kind of way, is to notice um, the first moment where I feel the hunger is no longer there and I feel the simplest form of satiation. I'm not full. Uh, there might be, a, a, in my mind, in my in my situation, kind of a a desire in the mouth, in the tongue, for more. Um, there's, I don't know if it's a, maybe a, a pull for pleasure or something, or the mouth and the tongue get the news that I'm full last, and so there's still this drive to want to eat. And, um, and But I try to pay attention to the first time when I'm basically no longer hungry and feel kind of the simplest satiation, and then stop eating then, and then notice what happens. Notice that there might still be desires to eat, desires for pleasure or that pull or that impulse. And sit and it's fascinating to sit and watch it and see what how it morphs and changes when we don't give into it, don't reinforce it, but make room for it to feel it. It's not exactly the same as denying ourselves. Uh, it's actually something more like um, allowing an impulse, a desire to be there in its pristine glory without giving into it. And to allow to just feel it, oh, there it is, practicing mindfulness with that desire. One of the things to learn from mindful eating 
is how mindless we eat. And that's fascinating to notice. Maybe, you know, are we eating in a hurry? Are we eating uh, in order to, um, you know, you know, are we, are we eating too much? Are we afraid? Is there anxiety around food as we eat? Is there uh, greed as we eat? Um, is there a lot of confusion around food when we're eating it? And, um, and then take time to feel and be with that. Give a second and third and fourth look at those feelings that are connected to eating. Some of those feelings do not have to be present are not in, don't inherently have to be present as we eat. And some of those feelings limit our natural capacity to be attuned to the body's own intuition about what to eat and how to eat and, and how much to eat. And um, I've really appreciated, uh, as I became more sensitive, to uh, feel that the body kind of had an intuition on its own about how to eat, when to eat, what to pick up at different times out of the plate. And, um, and, uh, and there's kind of a deeper knowing the body has that we can tune into if we develop this deeper sensitivity of mindfulness. It's also a great pleasure to eat mindfully, to eat in silence and be kind of just absorbed in the pleasure of eating and just kind of taking it all in and, and enjoying it um, but so fully that the thinking mind gets quieter because it's not such a big part of the experience. And it's possible to eat a meal, I mean, especially if you eat in silence, eat a meal and feel clearer and more relaxed and more open by the time it finishes. I've known some people who really enjoy eating mindfully and will spend actually a, 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 quite a long period of time um, uh, just taking their time to eat. Generally, it's best to do that alone if you're eating socially, even in, you know, that you don't, you don't have, you know, other people are long finished before you're done. But take your time to eat. I've done that. I've done that in a lot of different ways, taking my time to eat. And sometimes the sense of pleasure, meditative absorpt- absorptive pleasure around it has been quite strong. Um, the, um, and sometimes, uh, because, you know, I said I'm a, sometimes a fast eater by, you know, since I was a child, um, sometimes in order to cultivate this greater mindfulness for me, I have, um, uh, eaten with my non-dominant hand. And, um, and that just kind of brought an interesting kind of more attention to what I was doing. And when I've really gotten into it, really enjoyed it, and really kind of felt like I was doing it slowly, I would actually put my utensil down between bites. And uh, I would put, put, a, put a, a fork full of food in my mouth, put, it, put the fork down, and then just be with the chewing. And when the chewing, had, and after I'd swallowed, then I'd pick up the fork again. And um, that would certainly be, for me, would be a little antidote to the, the habit of putting food in my mouth, and then while I'm chewing, digging in for the next bite. You know, it's, it's innocent enough, but to really kind of be present for the experience, to put the fork down. So as we do this, uh, the activity of eating is a mirror for our attitudes and our approaches and our what's going on for us, and that's part of mindfulness practice, to really see that. 
And if some of those attitudes are not so helpful for you, um, what's important part of mindfulness practice is to the degree to which you're able to shift that, to let go of it uh, in a relaxed way, do so. The degree to which you can begin to have some choice about your attitudes of the mind, you want to exercise that choice. But don't be worried if you can't, or don't force it. And then, um, and also, as you're doing this, you're also becoming aware of how you're aware. Is there a fixation in the mind, in the awareness? And can the awareness be soft and loose, maybe, if this metaphor works for you, can be floating around the whole experience of sitting there eating and being with the experience of the of the food, of the arm lifting up to put the bite in your mouth, the experience of the food being taken into the mouth and the movements of the tongue and the taste and the chewing. Just really be there for it. And then over time, as the mindfulness gets stronger, then um, the attention can float between all these different areas. Uh, it's not necessarily fixated, or, or not fixated, but not necessarily settled or centered only on the physical experience of eating, but it's centered on the wholeness of who we are as we eat. That includes the eating. Um, so uh, I offer you this before, this will be the last talk on mindfulness of activities, and I offer it to you, to you as a case study to explore and, and, um, and maybe to, uh, to use over this weekend. Uh, maybe you can take a couple of meals that uh, you sit quietly by yourself, or maybe you're with someone who's a meditator. You can ask to eat the meal in silence together and, and, um, and explore uh, what the benefits are and what the richness is and what the challenges are in uh, eating mindfully, without a hurry, just eating. So thank you. And uh, I want to make a couple of announcements that might interest some of you. One is that periodically IMC has a uh, mindfulness circle for um, black-identified practitioners. And if you are or know some uh, some, uh, black mindfulness practitioners who would like to join the circle, um, it's a little bit of meditation, a little bit of teaching instructions, and a chance to be in in a Zoom circle uh, to be in discussions around mindfulness. And um, so the next one is starting a week from Saturday. I believe it's the 12th of uh, February. And there's information about that on IMC's website and uh, on, the, on the homepage on the What's New. And the other thing is if some of you uh, would like to uh, come and sit a retreat that I teach, uh, then I am... Um, you know, I teach a number of them at IRC, but they're sometimes difficult to get into the Insight Retreat Center. Uh, I'm also teaching one in April at Spirit Rock. And um, I think probably it's easier to get into the uh, retreat there and teaching it with four wonderful co three wonderful co teachers. And, um, and uh, so you can look at, I think it's uh, April 16th, maybe. Um, and you can look there for the the schedule. So thank you. And um, I hope you enjoy your mindfulness and enjoy mindful eating. Thank you. <laughs>